Good morning, church. Thank you. Are you good? Good. Can you stand? keep standing if you're able? Um, we're going to pray together. Is that okay? Um, because it's the confession of your mouth, not just mine, that changes our lives. It's your faith. And as you confess it, God does it. Amen? So you up for it? Okay. Put your hand on your heart because that's where the issues flow from. And pray with me, Jesus. Thank you that today I want to be changed. I want to be more like you. I know that you're able. I'm willing. So let's do this. Amen. He heard you. We've got this. That's a great start the day. Hey, thank you. Um, thanks, guys. Amazing job. Let's appreciate these guys. Thank you. Thank you. I just firstly want to say thank you to your pastors. I don't take this platform lightly. It was a privilege to be here yesterday, and it's a double privilege to do Sunday. I love the church. There is nothing like it on the earth, and it's the one thing that God is building. Amen? And we want to be part of that. So well done for positioning yourself to be here today. It's a great place to be. Um, I worked at Hillsong College um, for the last seven years. It was a big transformation for me. Um, I was like, Lord, what are you thinking? Um, I was six, well, 59 when I started. Who changes career at 59? I'm like, Jesus, this is not funny. And he's like, I'm not ageist. I'm like, well, you should be. It's respectful. I'm too old to do all this stuff. And he's like, you're so not too old. You're so, I'll be 70 next year. And I've just started. I was like, he doesn't care about our age. And so often we disqualify ourselves and God doesn't disqualify us. And so we had a church in England. Um, we pioneered it from our home. We bought a building, which in the UK is a non-denominational church, is a big deal. Um, and I used to preach out from there a lot. So when I finished college, um, I'm like, okay, Jesus, I'm ready to go preach now. And he's like, I don't need you to preach, thanks. I'm like, well, you could have said before I left college. And he's like, I need you to minister. Um, and I believe that's what he's going to do today. Um, he's going to minister to us because that's what he does. Amen? Are you up for that? So you'll get out of today what you put in. It's up to you, okay? God's here. He wants to do extraordinary things. Um, he, I loved what you said. God is up to something. I think we can't take... What, you, what we did last year as church is not going to work this, next year. Is this season we have to think differently. We've got to think outside the box. We've got to do things differently. Um, strategies have to change. You know, the, in Proverbs, it says God will give us wise strategies. And we need to have fresh strategies. And that's all of us. For our workplace, for our families. There is an, it's a new day. And old manna won't work. So I'm excited about that. I'm like, Lord, you are definitely... Around the world, I go to Europe on um, Wednesday. I'm going to the UK. I'm going to Moldova, which is Eastern Europe. Then I'm going to Bulgaria. And then I'm going to Amsterdam and then back into the UK. Um, and God is doing something everywhere. In places where you'd think, oh... The gospel is not going to be heard. People are not going to receive it. People are getting saved. And, you know, I asked the women yesterday, what did you do when you heard Billy Graham died? So any of the guys want to share with the women that weren't there? What did you do when you heard Billy Graham died? It's not a trick question. Prayed? Love it? Anyone else? What did you do when you heard Billy Graham? It's not a trick question, people. We're family. You're going to spend eternity with me. Get to like me quick. What are we doing? Felt sad? Thankful. Yeah. So good. Anyone else? We are friends. It's not a trick. Okay. 
All right, I'll move on. So well, I, when I heard, um, I got out of bed because it was in the morning, and I got on my knees, and I said, God, I want the souls he left behind. I want them. I want them. We have to, I loved what you said. We've got to fan into flame that gift that's in us again for the lost. Because that's, who wants to be like Jesus? Yeah, well, he came to seek and save the lost. <laughs> okay, so he came for, and that's our anointing. And we've got it. There is a willingness in people right now to hear the gospel. Don't be weird. Jesus was never weird. But people are fascinated with what, what is going on. Um, I, had, I was in Queensland last week, and I normally cut my own hair, um, but I was on holiday, so I thought I'd let someone else do it. Um, and I went to the hairdresser, and I'm not saying this because it's me. It's nothing to do with me. We all carry, we all carry the presence of Jesus. All of us. We just have to recognize it sometimes a bit more. And I was in holiday mode. I wasn't in evangelistic mode. I'm not just going to have my hair cut. And I sat down, and he was like, you're a very happy person. I'm like, oh, Thanks. I didn't jump in, well, that's because I'm a Christian. Jesus did not go around saying, good afternoon, I'm the son of God. <laughs> Here on a mission to do you good. He didn't do that. And we don't have to. If you have to tell someone that you're a Christian, there's something wrong with you. Hello? Seriously, Jesus didn't do it. He didn't announce himself. We don't, if you have to tell someone something's missing, go back to God and get some more. Um, and so I, he just kept asking, what do you do? What do you do? How do you do it? Um, and I just kept letting him ask, and I just gave very limited information, which for me is a miracle. <laughs> um, and at the end, he's like, I feel different because you're in here. I'm like, good. Good, I'm really pleased. And then I said to him, have you ever been to church, David? And he told me a story. Um, and I'm like, interesting. I still didn't say anything. So he said, what are you here for? So it's my birthday. So I'm on holiday. Um, but what I am going to do is when I get home, I'm going to post in my book. My book's called Healed and Whole. Lots of people get healed in church. They don't get whole. Wholeness is gratitude. Ten lepers all got healed. Only one came back. And he got whole. And I believe we have to stir that gratitude up in us again. Um, so I'm going to just send it to him saying, let me know what you think. Let's be creative. Let's think of how, we, what do you carry? You know, do you always go out ready to, to bless someone? You know, people talk about random acts of kindness. Nothing random about an act of kindness. You have to plan for it, don't you? I mean, I'm, I'm not naturally kind. <laughs> I'm naturally selfish. Don't pretend you aren't. <laughs> I like my own way. I like to do my own thing in my own time. But actually, as a Christian, um, we have to become more like Jesus. It's a journey. Um, so, but I plan um, to actually be kind. And when our grandchildren were young, um, we were, we've lived in the UK, we lived in South Africa, now we're here. Um, and we travel everywhere as a family. I have one daughter, four grandchildren, and we were traveling then. Now we have the great-grandchildren. But when, when they were younger, uh, I used to take them one at a time to breakfast and say, choose someone that we're going to pay for without telling them. And then I, and I prayed, please don't pick a big table. <laughs> I never said that. And let them pick. And they would be like, which ones? Which ones? Like, well, pick someone who hasn't got it yet because otherwise we've got to pay quick now and we want to wait and have breakfast. So they learned the, the game. And they would choose who they were gonna, we were going to pay for. Um, but what it sh and it, they were so excited. And we'd leave before 
the people left, so they, we never, they never knew. Um, and for them, they're like, this is fun. This is fun. Now, we had to plan for that. Didn't just go out and do it. Um, and then we were, Fred and I went to Cairns, and um, we were having dinner, and we watched this couple going through their money, like counting it. But they were, kept staring at each other, newly married, shiny rings and couldn't stop looking at each other. Um, and I'm like... And so when we left, we paid, we went to pay for their meal because they literally were counting and looking at the thing and thinking, what can we afford? Um, and when we went to the guy to pay, and we said, we'd like to pay for that table. Why? Do you know them? I'm like, no. What do you want to pay for their food for? I'm like, because we can. Well, that's, I, I don't know what to do with that. I'm like, just take the money. It's not complicated, people. But you know what? It's shocking to people. And let's be shocking. Jesus shocked people. Let's kindness shock people. And we kept laughing as we walked out. You could see him thinking, what strange people paid for someone's meal and, and walked out laughing. Um, you know, but let's, let's surprise people. Let's do that. My, the title of my message today is Expect the Unexpected. Are we ready for that? Are we ready to expect the unexpected? God is up to something, and we need to be ready for that. It's like, oh my word, what is he going to do next? And I want to be in on it. Don't you? Yeah, yeah I want to be in. If God is doing something, I want to be there. I want to be in that place. It's the unexpected that changes our lives. How many of us know that? It's the unexpected that changes our lives. You know, when you meet someone, it's the unexpected that changes our lives. When circumstance, when you get a job and you didn't expect to get it, when you get a rise, you know, oh, we're going to promote you. Yes, you weren't expecting it. But it changes us. It makes us look again at who we are and what God is doing. Amen? Jesus expects us to be different. He expects us to be different because he was. They never quite knew what he was going to do. Let's not be predictable. Let's be unpredictable in kindness, in our language. You know, let's think, what else can I do? What's the next step? How else can we bless? Because people are shocked. And I love it. I love shocking people, you can tell, can't you? Um, but Jesus was different. He didn't fit the mold. And, you know, everyone in here is different. And I love that about God. He didn't make us all the same. He made us different. And we have to celebrate that different. And so often we compare ourselves um, comparison shrinks you. The minute you compare, we never compare up, we always compare down. Always. We always put ourselves down when we compare, and it shrinks us. And God doesn't want, he didn't, when he made you, didn't, when he made me, he didn't go, oh, I made a Margaret. What was I thinking? He didn't. He said when he made us, very good. And we need to walk in that confidence that he made us, and he declares we are good. What an amazing thing to have said about our lives. But I just want to challenge us, expect more from yourself than others. Because so often our expectation is in people. How many people have been let down by people? Don't raise your hands. Um, you know, because people are not our answer. We honor people, but they're not our answer. Our hope is in Christ. My hope is not in people. I've lived with, around people long enough to know that. That doesn't work. You know, I have a crazy story. Um, my mum was a manic depressive, schizophrenic. My dad was an alcoholic. 
Um, I was abducted off the streets of London and sexually abused. Then I was abused by lesbians over a long period of time. Then I was abused by a family member all before I was 11. 11, I ran a brothel in London. Um, my mum, it was a bed and breakfast during the day. And um, the porter used to keep the first floor. My mum would go to bed at 9.30 because she had to do breakfast. And the porter would keep the first floor. And my brother and I would change sheets every half an hour and then go to school like nothing had happened. Um, I became my mum and left my dad. I became my mum's carer um, at about 11 and a half. Um, and then at 16, took a massive overdose. Wasn't a cry for help because I didn't think anybody could help me. Um, I met Fred when just after that, he was very brave. Because um, I looked okay. You know, you can look okay and be awful inside. Have you ever seen one of those shiny red apples? You know those red apples that you polish? I was like, I was like that. And then you bite it and it's yuck. That was me. I looked good on the outside, but I was very yucky inside. Um, and so he bravely married me. Um, and then we had our daughter. If you're pregnant in the house, put your fingers in your ears. I'm not normal. I was epileptic, diabetic, lost my hair, lost my teeth. They found out I had four kidneys and they, my prognosis was I would die when I was 30. Um, and I was 19. Thank you very much. Um, so I was a mess. Um, and because of that, I've, you know, fear of rejection is a big deal. And, you know, we were going to have 11 children. It's a football team in England, and I'm Mother Earth. Um, and Fred is one of eight. And so I felt totally that he's going to reject me because I can't have any more children. I was sterilized when I was 21. They'd never do that now. Um, and so I, I felt a failure, and I felt he's going to reject me. Assumption kills relationships. If you're taking notes, can you write it down? Assumption kills relationships. Don't assume. Check it out. I never asked him if he was going to reject me. I assumed he was going to reject me because the rejection was my issue, not his. Um, and so, again, long story short, we got divorced. Um, if you're divorced in the room, love you. And can we be nice to people on that journey? If you've got nothing nice to say, just close your mouth. And if you're going to say anything, just say, how can I help? How can I help? Just keep everything else to yourself. Because uh, your opinions don't count. I know that's shocking, but it's the word of God that counts, not your opinion. I've been saying this to a generation, a younger generation for a long time. This works, but like good deodorant, it has to be applied. Because if you know it, and you don't, you can have the best deodorant on your shelf. But if you don't apply it, you end up smelly. And this is the same. I know theologians who know it. But don't live by it. It doesn't help them. It's just knowledge. We have to apply it to our ordinary, everyday life. What does this say? Not what somebody else says. What does this say? And the Bible says he loves us unconditionally. So let's do the same. Amen? We can do that. Um, and so here I was, where I was, I divorced. So we ended up getting divorced. Um, and then Fred was going to go to Saudi Arabia. I was going to go to America. Um, I found out I had breast cancer. He came home to look after Jane. Long story short, we got back together, sold our home. We knew lots of Australians. Um, and they go to Europe and get a camper van and go around. So that's what we did. Sold our home, gave away all our stuff, and went around Europe. On a Greek island, on an American airbase, we all got saved. And what happened was, I, we were going for food. It doesn't matter how you came here today. It, matters, it doesn't matter why you came. It matters why you stay. And so we were going for food and movies because in Crete in the winter, there's nothing. Um, you know, they like pick your own fruit, but shops have very little in it. 
So um, an American airbase is like Little America, has loads of food and coffee and nice things. Um, and so that's why we went. And I was very honest with the guy who invited. I'm like, I'm not interested in God. Thank you very much. And he kept talking about Jesus. I'm like, listen, I'm English. We talk about the weather. <laughs> Don't talk about Jesus all the time. Um, and so he, this guy preached what I now know is a basic gospel message. He said, no matter how good you are, you're not going to heaven. I'm like, who is he to judge? I'll speak to him afterwards. And then he said, if you've heard from God, I'm like the man's on drugs. Nobody hears from God except the Pope. Um, and so here he, he said, if you feel like you've heard from God, raise your hand. Now, Fred is nothing like me. He's nice. He's calm. He's British. Um, he put his hand up. And then Jane, who was 10, put her hand up. I'm like, put your hands down. You don't have to do this. We came here for food. You don't have to be nice to these people. We'll get food anyway. And Fred, as he does, ignored me. Um, and the man said, just, if you raised your hand, come to the front. And I thought, there's a God in heaven. Fred's never going to get out of his seat. And as I put my head down and said, oh, there must be a God in heaven. He's walking past me. And I understood the man said that you couldn't go to heaven if you didn't know Jesus. And I looked at his back and I thought, I've just got him back. If he thinks for one minute he's going to heaven without me, <laughs> I marched my little body down the front and got radically saved. Radically saved. Radically saved. Um, and my mum at 72 was in a mental institution. They said she'd never live in the community. Um, but if you expect the unexpected, God can do it. God gave me two words of knowledge. Let's remember we're supernatural people. Yes? We got saved supernaturally, yes? Can't save yourself. Are we in agreement? Good. And we got baptized in water, yes? Supernaturally, otherwise you just got wet. Divine exchange. You died, you were raised in Christ, not either lives of Christ that lives in me, yes? And we got baptized in the Holy Spirit supernaturally, yes? Well, we're meant to walk that out forever until we go to heaven. We're meant to live supernatural lives all the time, not just on an odd occasion, on a special moment, but supernatural lives, Yes? We have to stir that up in us. And so that whole thing for me was like, okay, I'm going to take God at his word. Um, and I had the privilege to lead my mum to Christ at 72. Out of a mental, she got radically saved out of a mental institution. She came off all her legal drugs. I said, Lord, give me one year to get to like her. I loved her because I was a Christian. didn't like her very much. And she graduated to heaven at 92. How good is God? How good is God? Expect the unexpected. Everyone told us she was impossible. Everyone said, the doctor said she's too old, she's too far down the drug route. You know what? God is bigger than anything anyone ever says. And this is what it says in here. He is the God of the impossible. So let's make sure we use it. So expect more from yourself than others is a really good way to move forward. In Isaiah 55 and verse 8, I love this. I have tried to change his mind. Anybody else try to change God's mind over things? <laughs> All right. Are you really real Christians here? Okay, and Isaiah, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. I'm like, well, could we just change a few things? But, you know, we have to change. If we want to see God do what God wants to do in these days especially, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Well, that's a heads up. We have to change because I have fasted and prayed and tried to change his mind, and he's not having a bar of it. Um, so we need to change. So I want to ask us today, what do you expect of yourself? What do you expect that's unexpected? Are you expecting God to do a miracle? Yesterday, where's my lovely friend Myrtle? 
Yeah, there she is. She, Merle, sorry, Merle. Merle came yesterday and we prayed, didn't we, Merle? And she couldn't hear in her ear. And can you now? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. She came and, and God touched her. We anointed people with oil. There's something on oil at the moment. God uses different things in different seasons. But I believe I, we're seeing cancers um, go. We're seeing also as we anoint people with oil. And, it, you know, if you're taking medication, take communion. Take communion. God gave us these gifts. And so we can be, get familiar and think, oh, it's what we do in church. But actually, there are gifts there to, to bring healing and wholeness. And Mo was like, I could have stayed on the floor all night. I could have stayed there. Never felt like this before. When was the last time you said, I've never felt like this before in the presence of God? Come on, we have to challenge that in us. We have to stir it up in us and say, I'm expecting God to do something in me and through me that I've never seen before. When you look at Mary, because, you know, at Christmas we do the whole Mary scene. You know, oh, an angel came to Mary and said, you will be with child. And then he went. I would have nailed that angel to the floor. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Here she is. You're going to be a virgin. You're going to be with child. I would have, you just stay until you talk to my mother-in-law. A Jewish mother-in-law. Oh, she's with child. We've read it. Uh, it was not the norm. And here she is. I love her response. Be unto me, as you have said. And I believe, church, that's what God wants us to be like right now. Be unto me as you've said. What is God saying to you about your family, about your friends, about your neighbors, about Hobart, about this state? What's he saying? Be unto me as you have said. Let's go for it. Let's go for the lost. Let's go for those impossible people. Let's get influence. Let's see his kingdom come. She could have so easily gone, no. But she didn't. Her response was, be unto me. How brave was she? Let's stir up our brave. Let's, if she can do it as a young Jewish girl, how much more can we do it? And some of you need to be brave for this week. Because you know what's coming. God knows what's coming. But some of, I love that we sung that song today. Who's our lovely worship leader? Um, you know, actually, talking about courage, um, I've been doing this for a while now. And I believe that, you know, the Bible, we sang it today, but it says, take courage. It doesn't say pray for courage. It says, take it. Who needs courage for the weeks ahead? Right around. Stand up. This is a day. You get courage. I want you to imagine two imaginary buckets. You can double dip. Okay, two imaginary buckets, one each side of you. We're going to pray. You're going to pray together, and we're going to double dip. We're going down for courage, okay? Because it says, take courage. And I believe the church right now needs courage of its convictions. It needs courage to bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. It needs courage to be bold and to speak out when you know you need to speak out. It takes courage to love the unlovable. You know, it just takes courage to have a go. So are we ready? How fun is this? So two imaginary buckets. We're going to pray with our hands raised so that we are actually ready to get it. So pray with me. Jesus, thank you that you said, take courage. So I'm taking a double dip and I'll use it in Jesus' name. Amen. Two buckets. Down we go. Double dip. Take courage.
tuck it in your pocket, tuck it wherever you need to. Um, just make sure you've got it. And if you want to go again, if you need a double portion, down you go again. We need courage. We need it. It says take courage. And I want you to remember today and take courage whenever you need it. Because I believe this is a season for us to have the courage to do what God has called us to do. To say yes and amen to the promises of God over our lives and have a go. You got enough courage? Do you want to go again? Anybody else want to double dip? Go down then. He loves it when we go again. He's like, yes. He loves to give good gifts to his kids. Well done. Now you can sit down. Don't forget to take it with you. Um, We came to church not just to listen. We came to get, didn't we? And and to give. So it's important. Courage is, is something that I really believe. I've got so many stories of people when they've had just done what we just did, where their lives have changed, their circumstances have changed, because they've had the courage to have a go. The courage to say no. Some of you need to say no to things. You have to grow your no to bless your yes. Because if you don't say no, I would talk to someone yesterday, and she said, oh, they know I'll never say no. Mm-mm, well, that's not a good sign. You should be able to say no. You should be able to say no because sometimes you have to say no to good things to get the best from God. And so we have to grow our nose so we can bless our yes so we're available when God wants to use us that we're not just saying yes to... I used to be a yes person. Who are the people pleasers? Yeah, up on your feet. That's got to go. Stand. Chains are falling. You know, if you've got something on your lap and you stand up, what happens? Yeah. So I can hear chains falling. Stay standing. I can hear chains falling. Yeah. It's not just women. It's not just women. Men, please, people. You think of your workplace. What are you doing? It's not just women that are people pleasers. It is a trait of ours, but it's not. Good man. Good man. God's got you. What's your name? Alex, God wants to use you for your generation in a way that if he told you, you really would not believe it. In Habakkuk, it says, look to the nations and watch and be utterly amazed because I'm going to do something in your days that even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. And Alex, that's going to be your testimony. You're going to say to people, if I'd have known, only God, only God, we need you in the house of God. We need your generation to be strong in the word of God. And as you stood, you will not be a people pleaser. You will be a God pleaser and you will make heaven cheer every time you wake up in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Anybody else want to join? Okay, people-pleasing is, is something that robs us. We need to be God-pleasers. Amen? Okay, hand on your heart. Pray with me. Jesus, today, forgive me for people-pleasing. I want to please you. I want to be all that you called me to be. So today I let go, and I'm going to be a pleaser of God. So use me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're sitting down, I want you to cheer these people and clap really loud. Yes. Listen, if church is boring, it's because we are. There's nothing passive about the kingdom of God. Nothing passive. If church is boring, it's because we are. Jesus is not boring. And I really want to encourage us. We need to be those people who move around and actually get hold of things in God and actually not just sit. You know, in in England, I don't know about Australia, I'm going to check it out, but in England, everyone used to stand at football matches um, and they used to fight. 
And so they sat them down and made them passive. The church is sitting down. We can't afford to be passive. We can't afford to be passive. We've got to fight the good fight of faith. We've got to make a stand for the things that he's called us to do. And we've got to run a race. We're not meant to be sitting down going, oh, okay, someone else will do it. No, no, no. We're going to fight the good fight of faith. We're going to see his kingdom come. We're going to see this state change. We're going to see headlines that all these things have changed, like domestic violence drops, drug addictions dropped, alcohol addiction has dropped. Why? Because the church is standing up and being who she's called to be. Amen? We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. It's what we're called to do. He's called us that we would be salt and light on the earth. But remember, his ways are not ours. So it really does mean we have to run back to him and say, share your heart. I pray this prayer every day. Share your heart with me. I just want to do that. Just share your heart. He's not in heaven going, no, I shared it yesterday. He loves to share it with us in Ephesians 3.20. Um, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you, to accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. His miraculous power. His rem- isn't that amazing? His miraculous. You know, we need to see miracles. They need to be our norm. I believe it's a season of miracles. I really do. I think we need to keep saying, Lord, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. But some of you in here have lost your dreams. So who's, who, who once had a big dream in God and hasn't got it right now? Kind of lost your dreams in God. Yeah, I get it. I've, I've been there. And sometimes it's like, did I ever dream that ever? Because it gets far away. But it says here, He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream. Let's have unbelievable dreams. If you know that there's a dream in your heart that's kind of got a bit lost, and you know that it was a God dream, can you stand up? God's going to reinstate passion and zeal for that dream. Come on. We need you to be dreamers. You know, I pray, Lord, make me a dreamer for your kingdom. Make me a dreamer for your kingdom. Plant in my heart heavenly desires. I really honor the use of standing. It's, I know it's costly, but you know, as you stand, he's going to refresh those dreams. He's going to bring them. You will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You will see it. So what's your name? No, this gentleman here, sorry. So what's your name? I'm so glad you stood. I just want you to know he would send me here to say how much he loves you. He would send me here to say, dream again. You've been so disappointed, but he's telling you to dream again. And you're precious, and he loves you, and I'm coming to give you a hug. Um, because that's what Jesus would do. And I just want to say, well done. It was costly to stand, but he saw you. He saw you, and he's got you in the palm of his hands. And you dream big dreams, I dare you. I dare you to be big dreams. Because he's a good, good father. Lord, heal him. Heal him. Heal him in these moments. Heal his disappointment. Heal him. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're going to pray. Hand on your heart, people. Pray with me. Jesus, today I bring you my unbelievable, almost impossible dreams. 
And I believe that you'll fan them into flame, that I'm going to see it happen. Make me a dreamer for your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Can everyone sit and cheer these people? Well done. Good job. Well done. All of heaven, all of heaven is leaning in going, look. And the angels are like, they stood. And Jesus looks at his nail-pierced hands. He goes, yep, they did. And he turns to dad. He said, see that, dad? He's like, yeah, I did, son. We are so worth it. Jesus loves us enough to die for us, to raise again, be seated at the right hand of our father so that we can live big lives. Let's not forget how much he paid for our salvation. Let's not waste a day. The Bible says live every day as if it was your last. Imagine if we did that. Just imagine if we lived every day as if it was our last. How excited would that be? God wants us to live exciting lives. Do we finish at 11.30? What time do we finish? Are we all right? Okay, all good. Okay, Psalm 43 and verse 5. I'm watching, I'm going to be good. Um, Then I'll say to my soul, don't be discouraged, don't be disturbed, for I fully expect my Savior God to break through for me. Then I'll have plenty of reasons to praise all over again. You know, sometimes we can be in that place where we feel like, hmm, where are you, God? I love Psalm 40. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. First miracle in my case. I had a sign on my fridge which said, grant me patience, Lord, but hurry. So waited patiently for the Lord, and he heard my cry, and he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire, and he gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my heart, a song of praise to my God, that many would see and fear and put their trust in God. Now, you know, independence is a curse of the church. Because nowhere did it say, I'll throw you a ladder and you can get yourself out. And I was fiercely independent, so I understand, a fiercely independent. It says, he lifted me, he gave, and he put. And you know, it says, lean not on your own understanding. But often we do. But it says, he lifted me out. We don't need to do it ourselves. And I was fierce about that. It's all right, God, you're busy, I'll do it. He's like, read your Bible. He lifted me out of the slimy pit. He gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my heart. He did it. And independence will keep us in that place where we're always doing battle. But total dependence gives us peace. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. So, you know, slimy pit can be so many things. But for me, it highlights depression. It highlights hopelessness. (coughs) Excuse me. It highlights, I can't get out of this. It highlights that moment where you just say, this is where I am, a slimy pit. Can you picture it? Slimy pit. Have you ever tried to get out of anything slimy? I love the Bible. I love that it's graphic. It doesn't, and it doesn't, oh, rope ladder, get yourself out when you're ready. No, no, no. He lifted me. Some of you need to let God lift you. You need to be lifted out of your past. You need to be lifted out of your fear of the future. You need to be lifted today. And this is not in my notes. This is a God moment. Okay. And he cares about you enough to send me to say, I want to lift you out of that pit. I want to lift you out. I want to give you a firm place to stand. There's some insecure people in here who nothing is firm. You know, where you can stand on the rock Christ Jesus and be very secure. He's going to lift you up. He's going to give you a firm place to stand. And he's going to put a new song in your heart. Some of you have been singing the blues too long. Just a little bit too long. It's time to rejoice. 
But you can't do that from the pit because it just feels impossible. So who are you? You know that you're in a pit. Whatever it looks like, whatever title you've put on it, who are you? Anybody? Yeah, well done. Well done. He would send you just for today. Anyone else? Just, yeah, right around the room. Just to be encouraged, right around the room. I think often when we're in it, we think it's only us. You raised your hand. You know the deal now. Up on your feet. Can you hear the chains falling? Stand up. As you stand up, chains fall off. The chains that keep you in the pit, the chains that keep you in that independent state fall off. And I don't want to see anyone doing this as we leave. I'll just take that with me, my little independence. No, this is a new day. God would bring you here, sir, just for today. He would bring it just for today. Just want to honor you for standing, but he would bring you. Because this, it's important. It's important. You don't have to do it yourself. You need to let God in again. You need to let him lift you. You need to let him give you. Because so often we can't receive. We touched on that yesterday with the women. We're really good givers, but we're not good receivers. And you're a bit of a stinky receiver. <laughs> um, but hand on your heart, those of you who are standing, and pray with me. Jesus, today, thank you that you're going to lift me out of the slimy pit and give me a firm place to stand. It's a new day. I'm going to sing a new song. Thank you. I receive your help. I lay down my independence. And I say, yes, Lord. Amen. That's a costly prayer to pray. Let's cheer these people on. Well done. Well done. Good job. Good job. It's costly to respond. Hey, I was like, oh, is that going to happen? Yes. He loves you. He really does. Um, I love this. In, in the Passion Translation, John 19 and verse 38, it says, Yes, oh, then I would say, say to my soul, don't be discouraged, don't be disturbed, for I fully expect my Savior God to break through for me. Do you expect God to do it for you? Do we expect it? Do we get to that? Then again, I'll have plenty of reasons to praise him all over. Yes, living before his face is my saving grace. Isn't that an amazing life? Living before his face is my saving grace. I love that. Let's make sure that we are a grace-filled church because grace oils the church. It oils. It's the oil that keeps it moving. And, you know, we need grace. You know what? I'm like, Lord, give me grace. When was the last time you asked for some grace? We have not because we ask not church. He loves to give us good things. So I want to challenge us. I'm not staying here, but you are. And God will hold you account for this state. I don't live here. But wherever he, he puts me, I take responsibility for that. You know, I was a trained drugs counselor. I am a trained drugs counselor. Of course I am. That's what I do. And we lived in a small town in England. And I knew all the police. And I used to go to nightclubs and do drug awareness, listening to garage and music um, and drum and bass music until two in the morning and do drug education in my 50s people and they're like the police are like Margaret do you want a job I'm like no it's fine um, I've got one thanks and then go home have a shower and go preach don't put yourself in a box and say I can't do things because we need to, to have a, an actual footprint in the world Jesus affected the world and you, you have two hands for a reason one for the church and one for the world let's make sure we use them Amen? Let's make sure we use them. Because that's why he gave us two hands. 
Um, and so, you know, I was doing those things. And then we had a drug dealer move next door. How funny is God? My nice little road. And I'm like, Jesus, it's not funny. And so Saturday night, there'd be peep cars pulling up. I'm out there taking their number plates. And Fred's like, you're going to get shot. I'm like, no, this is my street. This is my street. I prayed for these people. It's my street. And then I thought, actually, taking number plates isn't kind. So I looked in their garbage. Don't you do that? And I realized that all they ate was takeaway. So I said, Lord said, have her for dinner. I'm like, okay, Sunday dinner, that'll work. I do Sunday roast on a dinner, you know, Sundays. And he was like, Margaret, seriously, Sunday? I'm like, yes. And he went, what do they do Saturday night? Oh, Sunday's not going to work. If we're ever going to do anything for the kingdom, we had them on a Monday. If ever we're going to do anything for the kingdom, it won't be convenient. It won't fit in with my little plan of Sunday lunch. We have to be flexible. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be broken. And we need to be flexible. And so we started, I told these guys that we loved them. They, we were doing church um, in rented venues, so we had big speakers and everything. And they're like, you having a party? I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> we're pastors. He went, and we're next door. I'm like, yeah, we love you. Um, they came, there was a raid. They went to prison. But we went and visited them in prison. Don't give up on people. Don't give up on people. Follow them through. Jesus never lets go of us. Um, and, you know, we don't know what God's going to do with what we do. But actually, he loves us to be involved. And we are, his, we are the felt expression of Christ. When I say that, people say, what do you mean? I'm like, we are the felt. Jesus in heaven, yes? Seated at the right hand. But we are the felt expression. When we smile at someone, when we hold someone, when we give someone a help, we are the felt expression of Christ. And we need to walk with that responsibility and love people to life. Um, because that's what we do. In England, they say, oh, we love you to death. I'm like, no, thanks. I'll be loved to life. <laughs> that's what this says. <laughs> God's love gives us life.